Hello and welcome to episode 37 of The Old World Lives, a warmer fantasy podcast. And I am Chris and I'm slightly melting. And with me tonight I have someone that might also be melting. And that's Niklas. Hello. I am uh, better now. It used to be really warm here a couple of days ago, but thankfully finally on some rain and we are now able to sit down in front of a computer to record it without dying. Yeah, it's... Uh... That is probably one of the reasons why we have a, had this little gap in recordings. That's been just too warm. Days just pass, passing by, having no focus and stuff like that, just uh, fading in and out. Yeah. So as our dear listeners might have noticed, we haven't released an episode in a while. Um, we have tried, but things are going yeah. in the way like four times. And we're like, oh, yeah, 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 we'll just, uh, we'll just do it soon. And soon, trademark turned out to be almost two months now. Yeah. Uh, f- feature favorites have been, oh, uh, sorry, I just fell asleep at 7 p.m. and woke <laughs> up at 2 a.m. Uh, that's lovely. Not at all uh, a bit stressful and so this <laughs> summer. But uh, speaking of stressful, I'm not sure where I'm going with this, but... Uh, have you been doing anything fun in the hobby lately, Niklas? Yeah, I mean, uh, well, I would like to share some news first uh, that I am moving back to Sweden soon. Um, so before that happens, I want to just play as much warmer here as possible. So I've been doing just that. I mean, playing like crazy, playing some more time as well. Um, nice. Yeah, it's been really good. I'm sure there can be arrangements made to play more time in Sweden as well. Yes, yeah, for sure. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to uh, uh, playing in Sweden as well. Um, but uh, it's been really great here that England has opened up pretty recently, but allowing us to play. So we've been in like some weird state of lockdown for a long time now. And then finally, we're allowed to go out. So I've just been trying to play as much as legally possible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's in to- in, in, <laughs> all in all, the past year and a half has been interesting haven't it yeah yeah there's a there's like such a nice thing going on here before we went into lockdowns as well so it's been trying to make up for lost time now yeah and i think we sp- talked about it way back when before all of this but uh yeah we had some plans on a lot of gaming and a lot of different kinds of gaming and maybe having events and, and things like that but uh, we'll see if everything keeps uh going in the right direction it might be easier to at least meet for podcast games in the future yeah definitely i'm really looking forward to try and uh, set up some gaming when i get back It'd be cool to host uh in uh, like a tournament or just an event somewhere yeah uh, maybe have some of the guys from england over really nice yeah that uh, isn't too far-fetched an idea it's happened before and it probably will happen again yeah. Um, Might have to wait until the, the, we can actually restock beer in Sweden, though. <laughs> oh yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> it's not a not a thing they will put on the traveling brochure. Severe lack of cans. Yeah. Uh, the, the, there's a, this event that I'm going to soon, hosted by uh, 
Joseph Bang, known from uh, Bringing Back Sixth Edition. And I mentioned him probably a hundred times in this podcast. Great guy that is hosting an event he's, called... He's been on the podcast, hasn't he? Yes, yeah, he's yeah. even been on the podcast. Yeah. Talk about the event. Uh, he is hosting uh, an event called Monsters Mayhem, which is uh, like a tournament, but you have to bring at least one large target. And then he's added a bunch of special rules for killing large targets and large targets killing other stuff. Um, nice. And that's basically just before I go back to Sweden. I'm really happy that it's happening because me and Joseph did the Albion event together. And even back then, he mentioned that he wanted to do this kind of event with monsters. So I'm really glad it's happening and I'm here for it before I go. So I've been uh, uh, playing some games with those kind of lists. So I'm playing my dwarves, but he allowed dwarves to take giants. So I've been using a giant. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. Nice to use something new for the dwarves. Ooh, you should have made it uh, like uh, a golem, like one of those uh, giant statues. Don't us. Yeah, that would be... If you ever do this again, you should just uh, do a custom giant dwarf statue that comes to life. Yeah, yeah, might yeah might fit better with with Aetherian if you can. I was thinking about that if you can uh, those war scrolls for storm and magic. If yeah. there's something that will fit in there, maybe the the orc thing because you can you use those for every faction. I think they're not faction map. We could just use the orc thing for that. But um, the slayer that I'm going to use is the one I painted for the Albion event for Joseph. So it's Joseph giant that I painted. Um, and he is Ginger because he's from Albion. So I have the story that he saw some slayers and thought that they were awesome. So he wanted to be a slayer. So he is <laughs> a giant slayer. <laughs> yeah, sure. Why not? So, yeah, just for the pun. Yeah, but it's uh, it's always good to have a bit of a story to make it fit better, I think. Yeah. Well, giant has to be on the same side as the, side as the dwarves in that case. I don't necessarily think that all giants are inherently evil as well. I mean, they probably... Uh, they're just stupid. The dwarfs. If, they, if it was offered beer. So yeah, yeah. looking forward On to the that. other hand, the dwarves do have a kind of a slayer that specializes in killing giants. I mean, yeah. <laughs> They'll be fine. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Oh, what were, what were we talking about before I said I was going back to Sweden? Yeah, recent uh, things you've done in the hobby. Pretty much, because ah. we were talking about the events and stuff like that. Painted some more dwarves as well. Painted a, so I bought a flame cannon in Gothenburg for Jimmy. And then I went back to England. And then COVID happened. And then, like he was supposed to come and get it in England when he was visiting. But then COVID happened and the trip was cancelled. And then years passed before our eyes. <laughs> and I still had this flame cannon. And then Jimmy bought his own flame cannon. And then we were like, well, okay, I'll just buy the flame cannon for you, Jimmy. And use it myself. It's no point. Uh, yeah, he's also got uh, several ver kinds versions of the flame cannon because he has both the old flame cannon and the newer flame cannon. Yeah, yeah, Jimmy is going dwarf crazy. It's awesome. Yeah, this uh, army probably rivals mine now or more. No. Well, it's Jimmy knowing his uh, when he managed to get something painted because he's he he's been like us. He's, <laughs> it might not have been all too much happened happening in the hobby front because it's been yeah just a bit life and hobby uh, life and heat doesn't meet mix, mix with heat. the hobby yes. but it's crazy uh, though yeah like he, he's supposed to paint his middenheimers and then he's like no i don't want to paint those i'll just paint this chaos army and the dwarf army instead yeah i'm just gonna paint uh, uh, paint three thousand points of dwarves uh, oh yeah fine <laughs> <laughs> now and he would have to told the uh, people if he were on this episode, but he isn't, he's going to an event soon and he's going to play dwarves. 
Yeah. It's gonna just use a massive block of hammers. Not enough to make a horde, but uh, still massive yeah, block of hammers. To my hometown. Yeah. I've been there a long time, but yeah, they're big into eighth edition, so he has to get yeah. what he can, play some eighth. I uh, I was thinking of going because I had some spots open, and because and Jimmy said, "Well, you could probably borrow army of my, my, mine if you don't have uh, finished all, all your else enough." And then I just looked, yeah, you have to just read through this uh, little thing called Swedish comp, and I just went, "Nah, <laughs> it just." Nah, I can't be bothered. Yeah, it's not just uh, going there and playing the game and learning the 8th edition ways, but you also have to learn this comp system. Because yeah. I don't know how it works. I, I used to, I think it's similar to what 40k used to be, but like you use it for every game as well. So you like calculate the difference in comp. So even if you yeah. lose, you can get some points and stuff. I don't know, it's weird. Yeah, but you just looked at it and felt like, this isn't my kind of event. I know that those those people that go to that those events usually do it because they want to have competitive games and i not in that mood like ever <laughs> <laughs> i don't i don't mind winning i don't mind losing i don't mind just i just want to have the m- most amount of fun and i don't really feel like it's fun when you have to calculate every single point on your list to see if it's should supposed to be there, so to speak. Yeah, I think it's also like a, a force of habit for them. Like they they know it by heart, so yeah, it's no biggie. But my, like going into it is a bit intimidating to think that like people will make a good list. Yeah, to be fair, there there were things like that around when I used to play. But I got out uh, of uh, Warhammer in the beginning of seventh, so it's too long since. So I've forgotten everything about that kind of stuff. <laughs> but uh, we'll see. We'll see. One day, perhaps. Yeah. There, there was never such a thing for six edition, right? Uh, probably was. But uh, you know how, how people feel about special characters in sixth. Oh, that, yeah. That's more more or less it. Yeah. But some of the special characters in sixth are game changing, and some of them don't matter. Damn you, Teclis! You ruin special characters for everyone. Yeah, or Tyrion for that reason. Yeah, goddamn elves. Yeah, or uh, Sakurai's the ever-living. Okay, uh, I think people tune into this episode because uh, they've seen the news and they want to hear our take on it. Yeah, but first, I've actually done things in the hobby. Oh, go on. I was yeah. been waiting for that and you're yeah. talking about I've, this event. I've bought paint. <laughs> that counts, right? <laughs> Definitely counts. Yeah. Well, uh, only if it's going to be used for fantasy. Yeah, probably. Because I bought meta, <laughs> met, Metallics. All right. That's good. Uh, what, what brand? Metallics is always uh, an interesting Oh, these thing. ones were actually G-Dub. Yeah. They do good metals, but yeah. then they dry out. Like, I my Stormhouse Silver now, and it's like, God damn you. He's dry. He's turned yeah. lumpy after a while. Yeah. Those, they tend to... <laughs> I also had to buy some new paints because some dried because it was too hot in my hobby. <laughs> So yeah, but I'm I've also been well mainly it's been uh, the Dominion box for Age of Sigmar because the models are great, but uh, those are not really fantasy. So no, great uh, orcs though. Really like those orcs. They're, yeah. they're growing on me. Yeah, the orcs. Uh, I still can't even bear to look at the hobgoblins or hobgrots, whatever they're called. <laughs> I find uh, yeah. they look so ridiculous. 
Yeah, but you're very like you look at him and you're like, that's not an anatomy correct. No, but I uh, think it's not uh, supposed to be. <laughs> I think it's uh, partly the paint job from the. Yeah. Because I have seen them painted in other paint jobs and they look better. They don't look good. They look better. But um, yeah. yeah, I like them. They're they're vicious looking. They look like uh, some kind of useless enemy from a show like Rick and Morty or something like that. <laughs> Yes, I don't disagree. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Some people might uh, like that. I don't. That's a uh, personal preference. Uh, they're great models. I just don't like how they look. So, put like that. But I have converted Indrasta. Indrasta. I always get that wrong. And that the model is great. It's such a good model. And I really, really wish I could fit her on a twenty millimeter base and use her for the Warhammer Armies project Estalia. Because there's a character in that book that is pretty much the same character but smaller. <laughs> well, you still uh, need to uh, 3D scan her and then shrink it and then print it. And then get uh, slapped by a cease and desist letter from the lawyers, you mean? Well, only if you sell it. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And as long as I don't put any scale reference next to the model, it should be fine. <laughs> uh, joke aside, uh, I've also sorted uh, so I can have uh, two units of. Uh, five cavalry for like silver helms which is nice nice and they're gonna be what i'm doing next i just don't want to uh, paint those uh, horses they're massive compared to the regular silver helms ones but uh, yeah that's it there hasn't been much going on since uh, well the hobby room's pretty much the warmest room in the apartment for me yeah yeah it's nice it's finally cool enough to paint just painting on my my white dwarf right now. Nice. The, the anniversary edition. It's been half painted on my desk forever. So now, before I leave, I need to finish it. Yeah, sounds like a good idea. Okay, but we need to talk about the news. I'm I'm really excited about this. Yeah, this, this is the mini that's almost getting you into orcs. But no, not that. Not <laughs> those news, Chris. Yeah, but this one, this one is this is one is quick. We can just. Uh... Okay, let's do it. But then you need to stop throwing things in my way. Yeah, I, I yeah. need to. The Corpse Ripper Vulture, which is just the Orcon bird. It's a, great, it's a really great model. <laughs> Man, that's a way better name. Just Orcon bird. Yeah, but this one is in English. Yeah, it's fantastic. I love it. And a lot of uh, fantasy people seem to like it because I saw a bunch of people like, oh, I can use this for that thing. Oh, I can use this for this thing. Yeah, I've heard winged nightmares. I've heard zombie dragons, depending on how big it is. I've heard yeah, uh, just someone, a uh, yeah, someone said that they just could uh, put like an orc warboss on a wyvern. And coincidentally, it comes with a generic, uh, generic guy riding it as well, which is uh, an orc warboss, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, it's great. I really like it. Don't know what else to say. It's just uh, vicious looking. Yeah, and uh, we know that there's been quite uh, has been and going to be quite a lot of nice releases for the uh, what are they called the cruel boys I think <laughs> for uh, Age of Sigmar and we will talk about those in a future episode because we're going to talk about something way more interesting right now. Yes, hashtag Kislev ascending ascendant. Is that the catchphrase? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, something like that. So yeah, the the first update of the like a proper update of the old world for a while now. Uh, the previous one was uh, which one? 
the previous Correct. one was uh, first look at the map Britonia. Yeah, I think so. Or uh, so Britonia cartography, and then bears and the first Kessler one. Yeah, you got. Uh, yeah, the the dice card was in March last year. The other one was the cartography was in February, and the the Britonia was in December. So it's uh, oh. yeah, there's they do string us along a bit, so to speak. <laughs> Yeah. This uh, little uh, square base and Kislev Ascendant. See your questions about Warhammer The Old World Answered by Andy Hoare. Yeah, and uh, what an update. <laughs> it's, it's awesome. It's, uh, it's like confirming all the cornerstones of the game that people wanted to hear. Or should I say what most people <laughs> wanted to hear. I've heard just so many comments that is, oh, so we have to rebase our armies again? <laughs> no, you didn't have to rebase them the first time. <laughs> It's up to you. No one forced you to rebase your army. Yeah. Well, let's just go through what this update say, and then we'll get on to the comments that followed. Um, basically, they said that uh, Kislev is awesome, as uh, most of us already knew. But Kislev is like a, a much bigger power for uh, it's, the Great War of Chaos. It's massive. Kislev. Yeah. It's massive. I mean, we, we the funny thing is we did the, the Great War of Chaos episode, our last episode, right before this released. Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, Kissel is so big. It's like up to Prague and a bit more. But it's like, I had no idea. It's, it's fucking massive. Yeah, the entire troll country. And then uh, to the world, say it's mountains. Yeah, and past the world, there's mountains. Past the mountains yeah. and more. Yeah. It's insane. It's like the whole North Cap. It's like all of Siberia in our world. Yeah, pretty much. It's mad. So, uh, yeah, I'm <laughs> super excited about that. But most people didn't care about Kislev per se in this update because uh, there were many other things that got confirmed that made people very excited. So if uh, everything comes around, even squares wasn't enough to tell people that it's going to be on square basis. They spelled out that it will be on square basis twice. Yeah, yeah. but if you have rebased your armies to uh, squares uh, or circles, the run basis, you could probably just uh, get someone with nice person with a 3D printer or something to make an adapter movement tray because I doubt they were gonna force you to play without movement trays anyway. Yeah, and there's uh, like there's a laser cut MDF you can get for that as well. Yeah, that'll be great. Yeah. So yeah, that's fantastic. Um, I I mean I just commenting on people saying that some people commented that they are disappointed that it will be squares. And I could see it being in rounds because uh, the middle earth system is in rounds. And that's a great like, close combat system. Yeah. That's not just uh, aura based like HSMR or 40k. But they uh, have a square movement race and round basis, right? So you can play either the battle game or the skirmish game. Isn't that, yeah. Is that... it's the, it's the battle game even a thing anymore? I, think it... I have no idea, but I think that was the reasons from the beginning why they had the round base of a square movement trace. Yeah, they used to, yeah, they, they, like, they made a bigger scale game. And I remember I used to play it right before that launched. It's called War of the Ring, I think. Um, but it was a pretty crap system compared yeah. to the, the original. I think it doesn't like uh, Conquest and uh, what is it called? Uh, Song of Fire, Ice and Fire game have a round bases and square movement trace as well, I think. So it would have been. Yeah. There are precedents in modern game design that utilize round bases, square movement trace. Yeah. The 
Yeah. The the thing though, like with Warhammer Fantasy, is that the the square bases are too iconic. I think not to use. Yeah. And it would piss a lot of the the old fans off. And I, like, I mean, they are the people that they are catering this game to. They already have the people that like round bases in their pocket. I mean, that that market's already theirs. They don't need to convince them to start this game. And uh, there, if you look at this like this, if you want to use a it, in Age of Sigmar army for fantasy, you probably will have to use the right one as well. Because some of them doesn't exist and doesn't fit the aesthetic of the old world. Yeah. But with that said, if you do want to multi-base, so to speak, you can either magnetize every single model or use custom movement rays. So it's not that big a problem, really. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, most people are excited about the square bases. I am, but mostly because of the recent yeah. shortcoming after this. Um, well, there's one thing more with the square bases that I w would like. If they change the smallest one to 25 millimeters. Because there um, are models yeah. released in, or even in 7th edition, that doesn't fit on 20 millimeter squares that comes with 20 millimeter squares. Yeah, that would be a massive pain for my dwarves, but if they did like a converting movement tray for that, then that's yeah. better. Yeah, but then you could, as I say, then you could probably do it with a movement tray, but for newer releases or newer models, if they don't stick with the just straight up closed formations with models that look exactly the same, they won't fit on the basis. Yeah, and it's quite obvious that um, Games Workshop's design philosophy has yeah. Increased in scale. Yeah, but as I said, not the, only the the scale increase; it's also poses and the fact that not all of the plastic releases fit on the square bases that they came with. They were used on yeah. that because they replaced a similar one before. Yeah, yeah. but like those the scales words that I got. They they do fit if you align them perfectly, yeah. and then you cannot add any more guys to the original. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's beautiful. But uh, what about scale? Have they mentioned scale? <laughs> they did mention scale, which is I don't even know how this rumor started that it would be a smaller I, scale. I think it, it was him. Just... <laughs> it was him. Yeah, he certainly proliferated it. It's yeah. like uh, someone. It's like a lot of rumors with this. Like someone just like thinks aloud and just project what they think will happen with the game, and then say that that is certainly what's going to happen because they think that will happen. Uh, and one of these rumors was that it was going to be a smaller scale. And I don't know how they arrived at 15 millimeter. Uh, I mean, they did do a fantasy game, Warmaster, that was 10, I think. Yeah. Um, so they were like, oh yeah, and surely they must make this game smaller for some reason. And uh, now they confirmed that no, it's 28 millimeter, which you would think is the obvious thing because 28 millimeter is like the, the bread and butter of Games Workshop nowadays. Yeah. I mean, that, that's the most appealing scale for people that like the models. And with that news, they actually did also mention we want people to be able to use their old armies if they wish, or to start new ones, or to add new miniatures to old armies, whatever they want. Yeah, that's that's what got me excited about square bases. That they yeah. confirming that. I mean, if they use say it's going to be square base, it could be anything. Uh, but it, then when they say that you can use your old armies, that's just fantastic. And that means that if they were just to release some really cool characters or a new unit you could just slot it right in your existing army if you want to yeah it's great so i'm like it, hopes are that they're gonna be releasing like a, a big kistler release first thing and if they do that i'll just buy like an entire infantry army of kistler and then use my cavalry that i have already yeah why wouldn't you those models are great as as is even though, though they have a bit aged to them now 
But yeah. uh, that might mean that they are releasing some cool new models of the same units you have to so just bolt them out or have like this is the new unit, this is the old unit, and I'm gonna separate them because they look a bit different or their horses are a bit larger or something like that. Yeah, probably I'll do like a, an infantry army of Kisab and then I'll just buy a new army of whatever I don't have. I'm hoping that they're doing a multi box for the Shattered Empire that they just like have different hats depending on where they come from. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and the rest are just like the Empire okay. Militia box. Uh, that plume is Middenheimer plume. You can see that from miles away. That's gonna yeah. be really interesting to see what they do with the Empire. Yeah, but it would be a fantastic opportunity to do, like do a state trooper box and a a militia box and just have, as I said, uh, jokingly said, but it is an alternative. You just have like a f different hat or a different armband or how armies actually used to differentiate themselves in yeah. the olden days or in the 1600s even. You just need to put a twig in the hat first. Yeah, or a leak. Mendenheimers are skins. No shirts yeah. from Mendenheim. So <laughs> then they are. have uh, no shoes from, uh, from <laughs> one of them and like stars. The Star the Starlanders have no shoes because it's too poor, <laughs> but possibly a lucky ho halfling or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we we are just a bit giddy still. I think you just want to <laughs> this this uh, kind of reinvigorated our group chat because it's been like posting. Are you there? Pretty much, and anyone just posting like well, one sentence or a picture or something, and that's nothing. <laughs> And then this yeah. news hit, and there was like three days of chat just from an article. Yeah, but also like in in every media, I think uh, regarding fantasy, like I see a lot of people going like, I haven't played fantasy in a long time, and I want to get into fantasy. They don't like mention the, the article, but I think it's like a big big help for people getting back into fantasy now. Yeah, especially if they they say that you can use your old minutes, then there's nothing stopping people from buying things now and using them later. So. Exactly. And some of them can be bought in really nice discounted, uh, like the Broken Realms boxes or the starter sets for Age of Sigmar. Because there's a dwarf one, there's a dark elf one, there's another dark elf one with a dragon and spearman. And those are great just to buy and have in your closet until time comes, <laughs> so to speak. Yeah. Um, and then the next uh, point, rules, what kind of rules will it be? And they said it will be totally new rules or 8th edition. And they said both. And they said that they will try and just make a continuation of the rules that we know and uh, taking into account all the, the other rules. Basically. So essentially a ninth edition. Yeah. With the exception of the first and to some extent second editions were more of role-playing games with miniatures and a tabletop war game. Yeah, so that they will do a like a mix, take the cherry pick from third to eighth, which is great because I know that at least one of the podcasts that we know of thought that they should just uh, relaunch eighth edition because the books were already there, and then maybe add new books. Terrible idea. Terrible. Yeah, yeah I think uh, no one in the, in the hobby community would be able to agree on what we should what should actually be in that book if that was the case. Yeah. So it will be better just start, sort of start it all over. Yeah, I think uh, now that they had some time in between as well and they've learned some stuff, I hope we get a really nice and polished edition. And uh, I mean, since you can use all your own models, it's going to bring the, the, the warring factions of editions together, I think, when it launches. 
and yeah. the sixth and eighth edition players will live in harmony and play this game and then maybe either of the editions will go like yeah well, this is cool but kind of like the old edition more and i feel like i mean i i love sixth edition i'm really glad that i'm getting a chance to play it now but when a new edition comes i'll probably play the new edition most of the time just casual gaming yeah. but i would really love to have like an event a year where i play six and just revisit six. yeah just because there's new edition it does never stop people from playing the old editions if they prefer them because yeah. as a someone we know that's a mutual acquaintance to us Trent reminds us that it hasn't been a good uh, release of War of Fantasy since the mid 90s <laughs> yeah so that's fine too there's uh, no one <laughs> you stick with the edition you like that's how it is yeah yeah i'm just uh, really glad that there's something they'll be able to, to unite all the players yeah even if uh, the like you think the edition will be worse at least you can play with other people hopefully yeah and uh, if we're gonna say this as a big if if you really really hate this edition play an old edition with lovely nice new models yeah definitely but we we doubt that will happen it will be good it has to be. They can't do this. Oh, sorry. <laughs> so, as someone actually had to ask, they will not be renaming the orcs orcs, which is nice. Yeah, which, uh, and that's a, a great thing because a lot of people are like, well, this is the new game workshop and they suck and they will suck whatever they do. But now they're coming at us pretty cool, actually. And uh, not being like all copyright lawyers and everything. And uh, I mean, this is a good indication that they will keep borrowing from like generic fantasy settings to enrich their own setting, which is like the like this main strength of fantasy. Like there's so much taken from mythology and just folklore and Tolkien that creates the, the universe of fantasy. And if they just like go, nope, you got to trademark everything, then you don't get that rich setting. Yeah, because as you you all listeners might might know, and we know uh, that we at least play for the setting mainly. We like the rule set, sure, of sixth edition, but it's also the setting of sixth edition that's really nice. Yeah. Which is also nice that it's not set at the end times or even the Storm of Chaos of sixth edition, but it's set uh, quite a, f- a few hundred years before that. Well, I just want to say also that like we guessed this or. I remember I said that this would be a great place to set the game. Yeah. <laughs> like the Age of the Three Emperors, right before the Great War of Chaos. It's like, because it is like a perfect place to set it, because like you have all the factions that are almost the same as they were before, but slightly different. So you still know what you get, but it's something fresh. And like it has historical uh, like backing of it. So like it's in the setting. They don't have to come up with some new crazy shit, like an alternative universe to the, the, the end times or post end times apocalypse or something yeah and it's uh, this is what they pretty much did with the heresy as well they just took that little snippet of lore that was uh, the well some of the battles that has been in the heresy era and just oh we're gonna write an entire book about this now yeah and Turn uh, into 40 books yeah but that is probably a good, good place to start with the old world and not have it set as you said as you also said in the current quote unquote timeline, you just uh, have some nuggets to build on and just uh, write the story from there. Yeah, because yeah, as we said also when we did the the Great War Chaos thing, is that it's like 
it's mentioned everywhere, the thing that happened. But the, the specifics of it is so vague that you can basically create anything in that space. Yeah. And as we mentioned, that there wasn't only things going on in the old world. We have the entire battles or all of the battles on Ulthun between the Dark Elves, the Chaos Marauders and the High Elves. Yeah. And then Kari leading part of the armies. And uh, that could probably be an entire campaign book in itself. And yeah. you have all different campaign books building up to the Siege of Prague and the battles for Kislev. When uh, when was the uh, I guess that was a long time ago. When was the uh, the Skaven versus uh, Lizardmen thing and pestilence and that? Well, that's in the, the Lustria supplement, if nothing else. Yeah, I remember it was set before the current time. I don't know how far back it, it can be. Hundreds of years or thousands of years. I mean, it's, it's rats versus lizards can be set any time. Yeah, and uh, one of them are myth mystical uh, walking lizards, and the other ones are rats ratmen that doesn't exist. So. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I was actually reading uh, a book now. Speaking of horse heresy, it's a guy that's written a bunch of horse heresy books that I really do not like. Nick Kime has written a lot of salamander books, and they are all really boring, in my opinion. So this is the last of the dwarf trilogy, um, and uh, and I was like, I, I kept it for a long time because I was like, oh shit, I don't really want to finish this book because I don't like this author because of his salamander work. But then I started reading it, and it's awesome. He's great at writing dwarves, and apparently, in my opinion, not that great at writing salamander. So I've really been enjoying that, and that's also set like I don't know, a thousand years before the empire is founded. Uh, but the dwarves are just the same. So. I'm, Glad that my dwarves will just be. You can just slot them into any time, basically, in Warhammer, and it'll work. The only thing you uh, have to change around is your usage of black powder, pretty much. <laughs> that I don't use. Yeah, exactly. But if you were, were you could just. Oh, I'm gonna play in this era now. I'm just gonna leave my cannons at home or my thunderers at home. Yeah. Just use the quarrels instead, or rangers or ballistas, walters. Yeah. So it's I'm, great. I'm super excited about the setting. Yeah. And uh, so bases. Are you sure they're going to be square? <laughs> yes, Chris. <laughs> yeah. But what about rectangles? Octagon. An octagon would be bad because that's definitely not a square, but a rectangle is a square. Yeah, maybe they would just be like... Yeah, not an uh, equal-sided square, something like that. Who knows? But yeah, they will be square. That'll be great. And... Uh, yeah, we'll see if they change the sizes, because that's another thing people have been saying, that uh, it would be nice to have bigger bases, to do a bit more dynamic posing. We'll see. Yeah, for that reason, just uh, as I mentioned quite a lot this episode before, have bases where most of them, all of the models at least fit on them. Even if you look at 25 mil squares and some of the Chaos Warriors. Yeah. Yeah, the new ones, like I put them on 25 mils, but they barely fit. Like I have to put them exactly where they're going to stand. Yeah. Yeah, and then you have to number them so you don't uh, misplace them in a unit. And Yeah, that's actually the, the only unit that I've ever numbered the underside of. Yeah. I am still working through my... It's not abandoned the project, but I'm still working through on how the hell I'm going to do it with Lumineth. Because they got that post that's wider, at least wider than the 20 millimeter square base. Unless you put like the toes on the back foot on the edge of the base and the heel of the front foot on the edge of the base. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm probably going to do something entirely custom come, come autumn, but uh, we'll see. 
because I really love those spearmen so much. Yeah, they're really cool. Just a few tweaks and they're perfect. Yeah. Oh, you just imagine what they can do with uh, spearmen these days, or any kind of infantry in units with modern. Yeah, design. it's also interesting because they the like gone back more to uh, monopose models, or like they're not all the same pose, but you get like non. You get limited poses, limited models. poses in a unit. Yeah, because like they do, they were all one pose, and then they did multi-pose models, starting with the militia. But now they're going back to yeah, like specific poses. And oh um, no, it just just reminded me of the one of the plastic dwarf kits, the warrior kit. When you have to, like, where you could where they could have just put the entire body together, but they decided to have that ball join in the middle. Of the dwarf <laughs> between the torso and the legs. Oh yeah, yeah. The, the ugly dwarfs. Uh, they, they have their own charm. Uh, one in ten actually looks good. The right combination of parts. <laughs> yeah, uh, when you manage to line it up perfectly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They. That's why I only have metal dwarfs in my army. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. There's also. Oh, I've been going through some some of the models in. The Dominion box and well, they're great models when they assemble, but it is some of them are basically oh, uh, so this middle part that goes through the entire body is a foot, and then there's a bit of plastic, and there's a head. Yeah, yeah, it's very <laughs> strange. It's the same with the, the new chaos stuff. Yeah, it's just like a like a his his sword on his hip connecting with the plastic part up to his elbow. Like, what. <laughs> then it yeah. fits together perfectly when you put it together and like uh, that that's also a very impressive thing with their new stuff it's like the the seams and the plastic go in places where they won't be seen like yeah. under the shoulder pads instead of straight through them on the top yeah which is i very think impressive. there's for the storm cast i think there's one seam that isn't really hidden that well that's as well as it could be but it is in a fold in the tabard something like that on the on the they call the flag bearer. Yeah, and I mean, when there's one of those, that's fine. That's easy to fix. You, earlier, it's been like pretty much every model having joints like that. Yeah, it's super clear mold lines. You have to clear out. Yeah, well, we gotta hand it to Games Workshop. They've always been like in the forefront of creating miniatures. Yeah, definitely. So speaking of miniatures, we have uh, one set of terrain that's complementing the set in the new starter box. So you can't get the weird soul well, whatever it is, separately, but you can get lovely walls that looks like they're being built. So you can make a in-progress city or building, like if you're doing a table set in a rune city or in the border princess would fit very well in those. Yeah, when I when I heard they were releasing train, I was like, oh, cool! It'll be some cool orc train or some swamp train. And then I was like, oh, buildings that kind of look like old buildings. Yeah, but I, I am quite thinking of getting some of these because they're easy to integrate in other projects. And then you get uh, some lovely statues, and statues are always uh, useful because you can change them up to look like different cultures. Yeah, quite easily. These you have to change up a bit because they got uh, thunderbolts and uh, stormcast heads and stuff like that. Though, sadly, <laughs> but I do like the working progress style of these buildings. They're not ruins or intact buildings, but they really should make more intact buildings for game tables. Yeah, yeah. This is a bit of a hassle to to use them in the game, but yeah, it'd be nice. Yeah, yeah. But if you used, I mean, remember the old uh, Empire Manor. Kits. Yeah. 
that was one of the best kits uh, to just have like scatter buildings for either build a farmstead or a small keep or yeah, a they were very, or... very characterful. It's true. And then all of a sudden they were were discontinued and uh, cost like two and a half thousand. Speaking of two and a half thousand, they are releasing two new dragons, or well, one <laughs> dragon that you can assemble in two different ways. I think it will be. Yeah, one dragon to Disney head. It's a Mufasa and a Scar. Oh, wait, oh, wait. Yeah, uh, really cool dragon bodies, uh, but I'm not a fan of the heads. So I'm thinking that stuff. you could probably do a bit with uh, adding a fang or two and uh, a different paint job for the faces, and uh, at least the scarred head will be great. Yeah, and they look too characterful. <laughs> uh, the other one is a bit too smug for my liking. Yeah, they're not re- really like. Because the whole thing with dragons is that they're reptilian and, like, non-human looking. Yeah. But I am going to get one, because I need one. <laughs> and I am going to put that, an elf riding one of them. That's just how it is. You said that's an, an emperor dragon? Big enough? Uh, that is just a small one. <laughs> I've, I've no idea. It's probably a bit bigger than the Carmine dragon, but... We'll see what uh, the rules are for dragons in the new edition of the game and in older editions of the game. Well, I can't really use a Carmine dragon in 6th edition, so it's just a regular dragon that is three times as big. Yeah, it's a bit of a pain. I've, I've got a Carmine dragon as well. I need to figure out how to fit on a 50 mil base. Uh, just like drilling something into the tree trunk and putting a weight there. Yeah, uh, I'm uh, probably not going to change the base. I'm just going to put it on a larger base and... Just have it like that. And just put maybe put a marker where the fifty like a fifty millimeter fifty by fifty millimeter zone on it that's the actual physical representation of the model and the rest is just or well the gaming representation of the model and the rest is just for show. Yeah. Well you could yeah, seventy five by fifty maybe if you cut off the, the size of the tree trunk. Yeah. It's at seventy five by seventy five should work. Yeah. But then we are well, it's not that much bigger, and the only thing that will happen in that case is you just mark out the middle. This is the 50 millimeters. That's the actual dragon. When you charge something in the in the sides, so you don't get that unfair advantage. It's uh, probably something. Oh, I want to use this dragon when you talk to your opponent. This is fine. I'm gonna play it like this. So yeah. don't uh, just. Oh, this dragon has a massive. It has a, a 10 centimeter frontage that just charges into a unit and. Uh, my most of the it's almost it's always a disadvantage to have a bigger basis. Just the amount of people who can attack back because you yeah. can always stack with your charge anyway. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be fine. It will be fine, Chris. It, Build your dragons. Send them towards my dwarves. Yeah. If nothing else, it will be a really cool dragon. That's pretty much all that matters, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. So yeah, we're super excited about this. Um, we still don't know when it will come out. Um, they are releasing the, the Kislev, oh, Total War 3 with Kislev, like this this winter, I guess, around Christmas. I think it's a, it's a soon trademark, that kind <laughs> yeah. of release date. I mean, you you think that they would try and kind of ride a hype wave of that? So like a year after that, would that be plausible or do you think it would be longer than that? Well, I have no idea. I think they will do Heresy before that, at least. So yeah. if Her- Heresy this year, it might be uh, Old World next year. But uh, you never know. There might be another game that they not released for long, like uh, a certain uh, Starship Battle game or something like that. 
Or they just decide to expand on uh, Titanicus and add in uh, orcs or something like that. You never know. Yeah. Might just do it epic, make it epic or something. Sure. Just gotta say also that um, so I I joined the the Facebook group uh, Warhammer Duel World, which is a pretty big group now. But it's it's a very strange group to be part of because you would expect it it would just be filled with fans that are like really hyped about this. There's so much negativity on that group, and people are like projecting their bad thoughts about this game. Like, oh no, it's gonna be shit, and there's not gonna be any releases for it, and it's gonna be dead dead on arrival. Yeah, but these are probably the same people or the same kind of people that say the exact same thing about Age of Sigmar or about 40k or about Necromunda or about the, the Heresy, Age of Darkness or every other game that they're releasing. Yeah, yeah it's just weird. Yeah. So much hate on the internet. Yeah, and have any of their games actually really failed recently? I mean, uh, when was the last time you played Lost Patrol, Chris? Yeah, but on the <laughs> other hand, when was the last time I played Curse City? <laughs> oh, touche. Yeah, but uh, yeah, as long as it's not getting cursed cityed, it uh, should be fine. I think it, it's 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 too big. Like it's too big to not make a massive deal out of it for Games Workshop. Yeah, like the, people are saying that since it's going to be specialist games, then it's going to have like the exact same release cycle as Necromunda. I really don't believe that. That would be impossible. It's it's too big. If if they were only doing characters, it would would could work. If they were doing entire armies, it would be. That might uh, explain why it's uh, like a six-year lead-up to, to the entire release. So they have stuff uh, in the backlog to release. If they only do characters, but also do major order on the, the old stuff, that, that would be just as good to me, to be honest. Because <laughs> they can't release yeah. a game and not have the opportunity to buy their things. But uh, speaking of minutes, we have one more thing before we wrap this up, and that is... Uh, mentioned we haven't forgotten the challenge we're still watching it we're still not participating because well you know me i have i have a painting slump that's lasting forever and it's too warm i'm gonna blame the warmth even though it's the middle of the winter but uh we could mention some have some honorable mentions at least and there will be a proper go through later when we record next time i think yeah, it's always great to uh, to see the the post on Instagram. It's it's amazing. Uh, I'm really glad because this is your even though you don't pay that much, Chris. This is your doing to set this up, and it was a fantastic idea. It's great to see people painting old world stuff. Yeah, and uh, we have been lax on uh, what counts as old world stuff. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> as long as it gets people painting. Andrea painted a lovely Balrog for the battle game. And it was month to month, so I figured it would be allowed. And it's such a great model, the Balrog. Yeah. Yeah, that's really old as well. Yeah, it was uh, released back in when the first, first version of the game. Yeah. 2000, 2001 or something. Yeah, they still had a guy from Denmark working at uh, G-Dubs Gothenburg back then. He was uh, the one who held intro games with me in uh, that version, what's it called? Lord of the Rings back then was was it was it called anything else? I think so. I remember that he actually defeated me with the orcs, which is not supposed to do with uh, the intrigues. <laughs> but uh, uh, Bruce painted a lovely uh, what's it called the orc shaman for the last month. No, this month. No, wait, May. That's May. <laughs> Where the hell had time gone? For May, he painted a orc shaman, which is really really nice. 
and Emil painted a lovely cannon. Well, for War Machine Month. Then he painted a lot of Strigoi for the May challenge because it was wizard. So, as we said, we haven't forgotten. That's uh, just... We need some time to look through it properly. And uh, we might even do a nice little... If people allow, of course. If you don't allow, write in. But we want to make a gallery with uh, some of the models for the end of the year to have, like, look at the awesome stuff our listeners made kind of thing. Yeah. And even we are terrible at uh, acknowledging your efforts. Keep posting because we, we do look at these and it inspires us as well. It's, it's, it's awesome. So keep painting. You heard the games workshop. You can use your old models for the new game. So just keep painting. It won't go to waste. And you could even, I mean, you can still play the, the older editions, but uh, with the new edition as well, you can still use the things you're painting up now for our challenges. Yeah. And of course, uh, this is all provided you didn't burn your army when they discontinued. <laughs> oh, <laughs> fantastic. Still, I still love that that guy did that. It was, uh, it was an event. Yeah, the, it's, one those, uh, it's one of those it's one of those fixed points in the timeline, so to speak. <laughs> We're just rambling, aren't we? Yeah, I think it's, uh, it's time to wrap up before we, uh, we lose the quality, if there ever was any. <laughs> Uh, well, I think we lost, lost the quality about 15 minutes ago when we started ramble, but <laughs> who cares? It's been nice to just sit and chat a bit and hobby a bit again. Mm. Yeah, just finished my, my wet dwarf. I post, post up a picture when we release this episode. Nice. Yeah, I'm going on uh, a bit of a into the forest trip, but we're, we're in a cabin, so I will bring the computer. And this will probably be out in a day or two. So when you listen Glad to this... It. When you listen to this during the weekend, you probably know that when we recorded it, by that information. You'll know the crest is being eaten by wolves in the forests of Värmland. Well, there's always a possibility. There are bears as well. So. <laughs> but, as, yeah, but as I said, we're going to be in a, in a cabin in a house, pretty much. So we're probably safe. I can't say that much as not being eaten by mosquitoes, though. Because they, they, they like me. For some reason, but uh, yeah, I'm gonna say that this is uh, this is it for episode 37 of the Overlips. This is the end. Yeah, the ominous last words.